Boom! What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 51 of Calling All Crap Beer. My name is Luke. I'm your host. And I just wanted to start off this episode with a swift and abrupt thank you to everyone out there, um, especially those guys that were a part of episode 50. It was a long one, um, and I'm genuinely appreciative of the amount of people who have actually taken the time to listen to three hours worth of the show. It was been pretty amazing. Um, some of the analytics that we get to look at on the podcast not only tell us how many people have actually listened, but how many people have listened all the way through, how many people have listened halfway, three quarters of the way, and about 70% of the 850 people that have listened to the show so far have actually listened to the entire thing. And that's pretty friggin' amazing considering the fact that it's a three hour long show. So I definitely am super, super thankful for that. And uh, I really, really appreciate you guys for, you know, being a part of it. And uh, <clears throat> um, it's just it's just been an awesome process so far. And I'm excited to do 50 more. So real quick, I got my little Lego um, cooler here. And I'm about to crack open an Everhaze from Trippin' Animals. Went and picked up a few more. Um and I'm gonna, so I'm gonna crack that open real quick. <clears throat> Let me get in here. Sorry. Of course, I'm getting text messages from somebody on an EDC piece that I'm interested in, just as I start the show. And I don't wanna miss it, cause I'm excited for this particular piece. It's kind of a cool one-off um, custom bat from Molini Mob that a guy is selling. It's like a distressed one. Has a bunch of like carvings out of it that are all beat up and you know, kids. Like we have two bathrooms. You can't use the other one? I don't care. You can wait then. Or how about I get a bucket? <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm just picking on But I've had this is my second podcast of the day and um these, they were driving me crazy earlier because I had a podcast that I actually do for work and like the entire family came in and out like five times while I'm trying to do this podcast. And I'm like, you guys are killing me. Like, can you please? And the crazy part is, you know, they don't, it's not like they come into the, it's not like they come in here and they're screaming and yelling and making noise or anything like that. It's not about that at all. But the door squeaks when they open it and it, and it is like, one of the loudest things that comes up on the podcast, which is pretty hilarious. So let's start off the show with some brew reviews. It's been a while. I think, you know, we definitely had some live brew reviews and stuff like that on the last episode, but nothing crazy. So I want to get into some current brew reviews on here. So what we got that's really, really awesome. Um, a couple that I hadn't talked about. So I'm going to start with Rise Up from Majority Theory, which you guys have heard me talk about. It. I talked about it on the show. I was drinking it. I made some posts about it on the thing, but I really want to just dive into the brew itself. Mm. Damn, this Everhaze. Such a good beer, and I'm so happy to find out that it's going to be one of their staple beers. Um, ah, so good. So, Rise Up from Majority Theory. Now, this is a triple 
It's a triple IP, triple New England IPA, 10% ABV. It has an overall rating of uh, 4.19 on Untapped. I rated it a 4.5, so I was high. This is a lactose beer. Has a full creamy body. It's double dry hop with Citra and Simcoe, Citra Simcoe and Eldorado. Citra, Citra Simcoe, Eldorado and Mosaic. Um, <clears throat> definitely has a little bit of pininess to it. Super tropical, lots of citrus, and just m- m- massively crushable. I mean, for a 10%, you know, Imperial IPA, Triple IPA, amazing. I mean, I'm so happy that I think I have one more left in the fridge of the six-pack that I got. And uh, I'm just super, super excited about that. And I'm happy that uh, that I have that one left. I was going to crack it open for the show, and I'm like, ah, you know what? The... Uh, I was like, you know what? Let me hold on to this because I don't know when I'm going to be able to get more. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. The fact that I have that one left. 4.5 out of 5 on Untapped. Absolutely fantastic brew. Next one, you guys have heard me talk about. I've already mentioned it multiple times. You saw my... If you guys have been watching my Instagram stories on Instagram, I have been doing this thing called Quarantine Characters. And I might do a little voices tonight. I have so many voices, not even kidding. Like I literally, I mean, I have an Indian guy, I I have like a, you know, like an India, Indian accent. I have, I don't know, I have so many accents. It's not even funny that I've done and messed around with over the years. So the, uh, but I've been doing a lot of the British one and then I've been doing the funny, like, like slow draw Southern guy. And hopefully some of you will be able to see that and get a little laugh out of it because that's the whole point of it. But uh, Lobby Party, man, this beer was nerve-wracking for me, okay? And let me explain why. So, I am not a Sabro Hop fan in any way, shape, or form, which we've covered multiple times. We've had these conversations about it. Now, Lobby Party is a collaboration between Calusa Brewing in Sarasota, Florida, and Trippin' Animals here in Miami. Will you stop coming in and out of here? Okay, geez, get out. Every time you come in, you I lose my train of thought. <laughs> Kids. Can't live with them. Can't kill them. No, I'm just kidding. But they're home anyway. What can I do? I mean, they're stuck here. But not that they wouldn't be at 750 on a Monday night anyway. But, so, this one is a double New England IPA. Citrus, Sabro, Citra and Sabro hops. So, the, the concept and the idea here is mango, pineapple, and lactose. Okay? Absolutely fantastic. Like, I was so concerned and bummed that the Sabro was going to be like a destructive character in this beer and it didn't it's not and it balances it out perfectly um just absolutely fantastic the citra is the hero and then the sabro is kind of like on the back end it just kind of closes out the bitterness and this brew is all pineapple like i am like loving the fact that it is such a pineapple forward beer um and uh it's killer so definitely fantastic i rated it a another one 4.5 out of 5 it's got 86 check-ins on untapped and it's sitting around a 4.17 right now so i'm a pineapple fan but the reality is that i want a brew that is that if you're gonna tell me it tastes like pineapple i want to taste the pineapple okay so the uh and the fact that this one is all pineapple was just absolutely fantastic so i was good to go with that the uh let's see what else we got here next one on the list is boom all right so next one was hounds of hades hound of hades which i'm not sure if i reviewed this one in the past or not so i'm gonna squeak by it pretty fast 
This is a, uh, a fruited sour from Trippin' Animals. It's a 5% low ABV. This is a collab with Mortalis Brewing. Now it's raspberry, it's marshmallow, raspberry, sweet cherry, and boysenberry. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, I loved it. I am a huge fan of this beer. The marshmallow is a killer. The fruit is all there. The marshmallow just gets gives it this nice soft fruitiness. I mean, nice softness, soft, creamy mouthfeel that just kills this beer. So, so amazing. 4.25 out of 5 on untapped. It has a global rating of 4.44. So I actually came in a little bit on the lower side, which is surprising for me. Mm. Because I do this show, unless I hate something, I probably tend to rate brews a little bit on the high side. And uh, it's just, you know, more so for respect to the uh, respect to the brewers. So next one on the list is Rock Fantasy from Equilibrium. This one I picked up at MIA Beer Company. It's a 7.5% double IPA. And this bad boy is a collaboration with Verdant Brewing in Cornwall, England. Oh, wow. This is not the brewery that I thought it was. I thought these guys were in Virginia. So anyway, um, really good. It's got uh, Huel Melon, Mandarina Bavaria, Barber Rouge, Enigma, Galaxy, and Nelson Hops. So lots of hops, lots of berry, lots of juice on this thing. Super melony, has a nice mouthfeel, and has a nice earthy dankness to it. Good beer overall. It was, I was a little, no, this one I wasn't disappointed. This one was actually good. 4.25 out of 5 I rated it. 1,277 check-ins. Average rating of 4.17 on untapped. And it was just a really good overall brew. And I was excited even to get my hands on it. And I believe this one I have one left too as well, which is pretty awesome. So, then we get in the Blood Eagle, which is, um... Blood Eagle is a sour IPA from Nightmare Brewing, which is actually my first is uh, my first brew from Nightmare, and uh, my dog is going crazy out there. I might have to take a break and come back because my wife does not like to to walk her because she's a bitch to my wife. So give me a minute. I'm gonna pause this bad boy and I will be back. <laughs> All right, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Ooh, a little out of breath. <laughs> She's a 90-pound bulldog, and she drives my wife crazy. And when my wife does walk her, more often than not, she gets stuck outside with her because she will lay down on the ground or do something stupid to prevent my wife from being able to get her back to the house. So I try not to make my wife walk her, my wife walk her unless I absolutely have to. <laughs> uh. Needed some beer. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, back to brews. We were talking about Blood Eagle from Nightmare. So, this is a, a fruited sour, 7.5% ABV. Now, this one was good, but it was, I mean, a 4.0 out of 5 is good on Untapped. So, I'm not going to sit here and act like it, uh, like it was bad. But it was Scandinavian sour ale, lingonberries, hawthorn berries, cloud berries, Comey's pears, strawberries, plums, and tart cherries. I, I almost felt like there was a little too much going on it on in here that there wasn't one flavor that was really a hero, so to speak. The strawberry started off as the hero, and then it kind of 
eh, faded, you know, as time progressed. So, and then it just kind of became a fruity sour. Like, it didn't have a distinguishable flavor from that point on. So, it was still a good beer. I definitely enjoyed it. I would definitely drink it again. I mean, come on. Like I said, 4.0 out of 5 on tap is still a damn good beer. Um, it just wasn't wasn't as good as I was hoping considering all of the hype that I've heard about uh about Nightmare especially being my first one I was a little bummed about it but it was still damn good I'm not you know and again I say that with you know uh I say that just because I was expecting like fireworks and I probably got you know a uh what are those things called I, I was I was expecting like fourth of july fireworks and i got like a you know neighborhood fireworks show that we did in the street with our friends still enjoyable still had fun but it wasn't quite as awe-inspiring as a giant fireworks show for fourth of july so still a good beer though the next one was definitely a huge disappointment for me um i did have one the second day and it was a little bit better i feel like the having it in a chilled glass made a difference versus having it in a warm glass and the warm glass actually brought out flavors a little bit better this one is fluctuation by Equilibrium. It's an 8.1% ABV, double IPA. Um, this one is... Departures from Equilibrium are known as fluctuations. It pours a very hazy tangerine orange, releasing bright tropical notes of passion fruit, mango, pineapple, liche, and undercurrent of sorbet and cream. And it doesn't give you hops on this one, so I'm not sure what that is, but I got this beer... For two reasons. One, it was another one that MIA had. MIA seemed to have had some, uh, a lot of um, equilibrium stuff lately. And a lot of what I've had prior to this has been fantastic. So I went and looked at the reviews of the three that they had. There was another one that they had that has, um, that seemed, seemed to be more popular. Unfortunately, I seen more people buying it. It has um, Albert Einstein on the can. And I chose not to get that one because the fluctuation had a little bit higher rating overall rating on untapped this one's like a 4.36 with 17k check-ins and, and i have four friends who actually had it and rated it a 4.5 average so i went with this one because the other one had like a 4.13 or 4.12 rating and i was like all right let me go with the higher rating one between the two also ended up being the more expensive of the two it was 29 for a four pack um plus tax and tip it was basically 40 bucks so we're talking you know, for 10 bucks a beer, which is absolutely insane. But I just went ahead and did it because it was the only time I was going to probably be able to, to have this beer. And uh, I ended up rating it a 3.0 out of uh, out of five on untapped. It just, it was too sweet for me. It, um, it didn't get a lot of tropical. I didn't get a lot of, I didn't get a lot of flavor. I literally just got a lot of sweetness. A, little, a lot of sweetness with a tad bit of hoppiness on the back end when I drank it out of a cold glass. Which I'm gonna hit this ever haze one more time. <clears throat> Such a good beer. So I didn't get a lot of you know flavors, and I was bummed because I was expecting you know some serious flavor, and it just wasn't there. So, like I said, I did have it the next day in a warm glass, and it was a little bit better. If I had had it out of the warm glass to begin with, I probably would have went up to a 3.5. Um but I'm going to go ahead and stick with my original rating of 3.0 on untapped. It was just a disappointment for Equilibrium. I expect a little bit more balance out of the beer. I expected there to be a bitter, a sweetness, a bitterness, a, you know, sweetness, 
tropical flavor with a bitterness that cuts it and just gives you a nice balance on an overall beer. And it was just all together too sweet for me. So the last one on the list of reviews today is going to be this phenomenal global um, collaboration. And when I say global collaboration, I'm not saying that all these breweries are coming together and making one beer. What it is, is this recipe has gone around much like um, Resilience did when people were, when uh, Sierra Nevada was trying to help out with the fires in California. This is a recipe that's been shared amongst thousands of brewers around the world from what I've, from what I'm told. It's called All Together. And I think it kind of started in the, uh, with other half and some of the guys up there. And what the whole concept behind this thing is, is that it's going to benefit the out of work um, service personnel that are working at a lot of our establishments, the bartenders, the cooks, the dishwashers, you know, anybody who's essentially would normally be on payroll for one of these um, businesses and is no longer working. They brewed all together with the idea that all the proceeds would go towards their out of work um, service personnel. So thought it was absolutely fantastic. I wish I was in a little bit better of a spot right now financially because I probably would have bought more. But considering the fact that my wife is, you know, uncertain about when she's going back to work, we're just, you know, being careful with our money right now and just being a little more, uh, just being a little more frugal, you know, in terms of spending. So I went out, I did grab a four pack of Everhaze. I grabbed a four pack of the, uh, the, um, all together. And then I grabbed a crowler, uh, another crowler of lobby party. So I actually have one of those in the fridge and that'll probably be my last beer purchase for a little while. I know I said that before and I keep, I feel like I keep ending up going back, but Hey, the end of the day, it is what it is. And, uh, but this one, I rated a 4.25 out of five on untapped. Now there's 14 check-ins on their brew specifically, all with the same rating 4.25 as average. And I'm going to read you the details on this bad boy. It's a worldwide collaboration hosted by other half stout collective and craft peak to support the enormous amount of hospitality workers laid off during this difficult time. We're donating 100% of our proceeds to our taproom staff and Miami Restaurant Employee Relief Fund. We brewed this recipe with two-row oats and carapils, 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 and then hopped it with a beautiful blend of citrus, mosaic, Simcoe, and Cascade. Super hoppy, lots of citrus, has a nice creamy mouthfeel, really juicy single IPA. It's a 6.5% single, New England style, and I just, I really, really enjoyed it. It was a very good overall beer. Um... And I can't complain. And they did a really cool, you know, there's like, it has a base label that just has kind of like all together in a circle. And then they've, all the breweries have been given like their own way, like a, basically a panel on the backside to do whatever they want with it. And was really cool what um, Trippin' Animals did with the banditos in the background and then their snail eye in the center, their drunken snail eye in the center. So really great, you know, idea. And I just was really, really happy to support it. So, all right. Now that we got the brew reviews out of the way, um, let's get back to just life in general. So one of the things I wanted to talk about um, was craft brew, craft beer um, personas. Now, what I mean by that is if you guys, all right, so I had a conversation with a buddy of mine the other day on um, Facebook, actually, kind of a discussion over Facebook Messenger, and he was like, you know, 
I was really surprised to find out that you were into craft beer. And I laughed. And he's someone who doesn't live here. He lives in Texas. And um, he uh, he cracked me up with that comment. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, he's like, you know, whenever I think of craft beer, I think of like nerdy, like science geeks that are, you know, that, you know, they have like spotty, spotty beards, live in their mom's basement. And, you know, they're like these like trendy, like how did he put it? He said like trendy, um, like downtown New York kind of, you know, like he didn't say nerds. I forget the term that he used, but anyway, and I laugh because I really believe that there is this, this stigma or this persona that a lot of people believe any of us that are in the craft brew, that that's what we are. That's what we're about. That's what craft brew is about. And I don't know about you guys, but man, I mean, the people that I've met are so far from that. It's not even funny. And I'm sure that that, that there's plenty of people who exist that are, that fall within that realm that have that whole, you know, pencil beard and, you know, their, you know, tight skinny jeans and, you know, all this bullshit and, you know, like the trendy ones, I guarantee you, I mean, I'm sure that there are brewers that breweries that are filled with that. And, uh, you know, so the stigma is understandable and, the idea, but the reality, I believe, is that there's a lot more of us that are um, normal, you know, beer lovers, you know, alcohol lovers, whatever. I mean, I look at like crap brew junkies, for instance, and don't get me wrong, it has its share of, you know, just like, you know, what I would consider to be the the quintessential craft brew, you know, uh, personas. But then there's even the people who run it. There's tons of other guys that are, you know, Harley riding, you know, big bellies, big beards, you know, tough guys, you know, that, you know, gun shooting, you know, hunting, fishing, you know, I mean, it just, there's such a different, a broad spectrum. And then you've got, you know, women. I mean, there are some hot women that are a part of craft beer, man. And, you know, and then, you know, and then you've got your, you know, everyday normal people and stuff like that. And it's just it's crazy to think of, you know, the people that are involved in this, like, and I say that with every ounce of respect for the people, and especially the women that are part of the craft brew scene, because beer is not something that you normally would, would associate with a woman, you know, a lot of the women that I've dated over the years have been into, you know, foo drinks, fancy drinks, you know, champagne, wine, blah, 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 my wife happens to like beer, but she, but her idea of beer is Michelob Ultra, Miller Lite, you know, crap like that, so she's not into the crap beer stuff like I am, which is fine, because that just means there's more for me, but at the end of the day, I just think it's hilarious that there is this, you know, stereotype out there for crap brew lovers that is very different from what a lot of us are, I mean, if you guys, you know, are familiar with, you know, me, myself, I mean, ex-professional power lifter, 300 plus pounds, you know, right now I'm in probably the worst shape I've been in in my life. I weighed myself today. I was 330. So I'm like back up to where I was before I started dieting at the beginning of the year, thanks to my foot and Corona and being quarantined and all this other crap that's going on, which really, really pisses me off. And, you know, definitely puts me in a position that I want to get back to where I am, where I was, um, and even better, but you know, I'm, you know, father, three kids, you know, and I, you know, I'm going to be straightforward and be like, you know, yeah, right now I'm fat, but I'm a badass. And what I mean by that is, is not, you know, I'm, I'm not some, you know, CIA operative or anything like that, but I am someone you want in your corner. (laughs) You know what I mean? I am that person that doesn't take any shit. 
You know, I am pro 2A, conservative, the first, you know, and can, and that doesn't mean anything. You know, I'm, I have no, I have friends that are, you know, uh, that are Democrats, that are liberal, you know, and I'm, and I have nothing against those people, but I'm just saying, you know, from a, from a perspective of who I am, I am every ounce of what you would want in a man, a husband, you know, and, and, and I say that right now with a little bit of conceitedness to it, because that's what I truly am. You know, I am a guy who has prided himself on being a man's man, you know, taking care of my family, doing what I need to do. And, I am that person that if you step to me, I will knock you the fuck out. And that's how I've been my entire life. You know, I've been that person that will stand up for my family. They'll be the first person to, you know, get it, get in, get down and dirty with my buddies. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, that's just my personality. It's just who I am. I'm not afraid of a damn thing. And I've just always been like that, you know, and it's a... So I'm, the, I'm very much the opposite of what the stereotype or the stigma behind craft brew enthusiasts are. And I laugh because I've seen these people in bars. I've seen these people in tap rooms that are exactly the ones that these people talk about when they, you know, mention the craft brew hipsters and stuff like that. And it cracks me up because, you know, uh, I just I know that when people see that or when they find out that I'm into craft beer, I see the look in their eyes change and it's instant judgment. You know what I mean? And I just can't help but laugh about that. But the funny thing I think is, too, is like I had a conversation with a guy in one of the like EDC groups that I'm in uh, last week. And we were talking about beer and stuff like that. And he was talking about how, you know, he'll go in and pick up like, you know, a high, a high ABV porter, a high ABV stout or something like that once in a while. But, you know, he doesn't have money to be able to spend, you know, 50, 60, 70 bucks on like eight beers you know, 12 beers at a time. So he goes and the majority of what he buys is stuff like Natter Days and, you know, uh, um, you know, Natty Ice and, you know, shit like that. I mean, he buys cheap beer that he can drink four or five of and get wasted and fall asleep and wake up the next day. You know, he's a single guy, lives at home with his dad, works at Costco and he, you know, he's, he's, he's doing okay, but he's not well off. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's a typical middle of the road, you know, um, American man, and, and he does what he needs to do, and he's cool with that, he likes those beers, he enjoys them, doesn't have, then there's nothing wrong with that, okay, now me, on the other hand, I, I do not dr- drink beer with the intention of getting drunk, do I push the envelope once in a while when I have a night where I might have three or four beers, yes, but I don't drink beer with the intention of getting drunk, like some of these guys, are on some of these beer groups and EDC groups, and they're drinking four, five, six, seven, eight, nine beers a night. And I mean, I just sit back and I'm like, damn, I'm like, I thank God you're drinking like 5%, you know, uh, like Natter Days and shit like that, because if you were drinking anything stronger than that, you'd be just consistently drunk for your entire life. And I look at people like that and I get it. You know, if, if I if I were a drinker for the sake of drinking, I would buy shit like that. I would have Natter Days in my fridge. I would have natural light. I would have, you know, Miller light. I would have Dos Equis. I would have, you know, all this other bullshit in my fridge, but I don't. And the reason why I don't is because I don't drink beer to get drunk. I drink beer because I enjoy craft beer. I enjoy trying new things. I enjoy different styles. I enjoy different flavors. And I enjoy doing this show and being able to review, you know, some of that for you guys. And that's, you know, really my reasoning and my understanding, you know, behind what I do and why I spend money on crap beer and why I do, why I enjoy it 
the way that I do. You know, it's it's not if I want I could easily go and buy, you know, case upon case of cheap ass beer and have it in my fridge and be doing shotguns and you know chugs all day long. But that's not why I do it. You know, I mean, I have no intention. You know, my wife unfortunately has, you know, did have a her stepfather was an alcoholic and put them through some hell when he was you know when they were younger and you know, got clean and got better and, and he's been fine. And, and he, you know, it's 20 years without drinking. Then he kind of went back to it and he's very controlled with himself. Now he'll have one or two and he's done, you know, and he's one of the only people that I've ever seen that truly was an alcoholic came back and now is able to enjoy a little bit of alcohol here and there without taking it to the next level. And he's able to control himself with that, which I, I, I commend him for that. And I'm respectful of that because it's not common. You know, most people, if they've been to the point where they would consider themselves to be an alcoholic, their only recourse is to stay away from alcohol for the rest of their life, rest of their lives. So, and, uh, and I've been in the same boat, you know, I mean, I've had family members who are alcoholics. I had a stepdad who was a alcoholic son of a bitch that beat my mom, beat my sister, put his hands on me. And then when I got big enough, I beat the shit out of him. And, you know, and, and unfortunately that's happened more than once. You know, my mom's actually had two boyfriends that were scumbags that did that, you know, my stepdad. And then the uh, one we talked about on episode 50 that actually got, you know, murdered somebody and got put to death. And so I've been through some crazy shit when it comes to alcohol. So I will refuse to put my family through that. I refuse to be that guy that just passed out on the couch when, you know, I should be spending time with my family. I refuse to be the guy that screams and yells at his kids and his wife because he's too drunk to care about what else is going on. That's not me. You know, like we might have a party. We might go out and do something once in a while where I might have a few extra drinks than I should. And that's usually about as far as I'll take it. You know, I think in this entire quarantine now, since we've been home, which is we've technically been in the house since March 13th. Um, so today's the 20th of April, 420. La, ha, ha. Um, so a month and a week, you know, something like that. And I think I've been drunk one time. You know, I think I took it a little too far one night and I drank two crowlers and two beers, two 16 ounce cans and took it a little too far and had a little too much to drink um, that evening. And that's one time. So, um, and that's literally been the only thing that, uh, the only time that I've had an issue during the quarantine and I let, and, and So I just want you guys to understand that, you know, that I do this because I enjoy beer. I enjoy craft beer, especially. And um, I just really enjoy the different, you know, having different beers and trying new stuff. I mean, that's important to me. And I I, I pride myself on my my limit typically is two for most days. Now, if I drink a lower ABV, like if I have like something that's like five or six percent and then I have another one, it's like maybe seven or eight. I might have three. You know, and I might have another like seven or eight percent or something like that. And that typically will be where I draw the line most of the time. Now, if I space them out and it's a weekend and I have like one around, you know, around lunchtime and then I might have one a little bit later, I might end up having four or five throughout the day, but I space it out over eight to ten hours. So um, but my goal is never to be drunk. You know, that's just it's not what I'm, I do this for. It's not what I'm about when it comes to craft beer. So let's go back a little bit and talk about 420. (laughs) God, that's a good beer. So 420 is hilarious to me. What I mean by that is, is that you guys um, out there who are 
you know, potheads, weed smokers, you know, whatever you guys want to, whatever you guys want to call yourselves. I am, uh, whatever you guys want to call yourselves, I have absolutely nothing against you. Okay. I'm not, uh, I'm not going to beat anybody up. I'm not going to make fun of anyone for, you know, being, uh, a pothead or for smoking weed or, you know, whatever the case may be. That's not what I'm about in any way, shape or form. So I I just want you guys to know and understand that that's not, you know, my place, but I don't smoke weed, (laughs) not a weed smoker. Um, I don't like the way it make me, makes me feel. I think we talked about this on an earlier podcast, but I'll reiterate, you know, I, I actually ate an edible, um, a friend of mine that I used to work with, Amy, who was a huge pothead, um, gave me about an inch and a half, maybe a two inch piece of a nerd rope. And one day, and I was stressed, dude. Like, I mean, crazy stuff was going on at work. We were both working for this, you know, one of the biggest supplement companies in the, in the world right now. And we just had so much going on. I was stressing out and I just needed to relax. I needed to mellow out and have like a chill evening, chill night, you know? And, um, she's like, here, I have a little piece of this nerve rope left. She's like, you want it? And I'm like, shit, why not? You know what I mean? Let me, let me check it out. So I get it. And I had never had an edible of any kind before. So we're leaving work and I just eat this thing. Right. So I made it home. I about a 45 minute long drive at this point home. I had just finished working out and, uh, I, um, and I, you know, I just hustled, hustled it out and got home Walked in the front door, was like, hey, what's up, kids? How's everybody doing, blah, blah, blah. And right around the time I walked in the front door, I started to feel a little bit of a buzz. And I was like, ah, if this is it, then I'm good. Like, I'll be perfectly fine. I'll be able to just chill out, enjoy the evening, you know, whatever. And within 30 minutes of, excuse me, within 30 minutes of me being home, I was sitting on the end of the couch rocking back and forth in a stupor of, um, of highness, like so fucked up that I, I I didn't even know like where I was. I didn't know where to begin. All I wanted was for it to be over. I was so fucked up and so stoned that I was like miserable absolutely miserable and I mean I a couple times I felt like I was gonna puke and it was absolutely disgusting like I was just not was not happy with that and I've been there before back in you know my my high school days uh you know right after high school I actually uh sold pot for a while and did some shit that I shouldn't have did back in them days but I mean I mean I had an entire um closet in my mom's house full of bongs and hookahs and all kinds of crazy shit and I would have my boys it was nothing for you know, me and my boys to get together and smoke a quarter pound of weed, you know, any Friday and Saturday weekend. And I mean, we would bake out my house and my mom was a pothead and she got me into it. And it was just, you know, my apartment was like the party apartment and all my buddies would just be passed out all over the house. And it was insane. I mean, we would smoke and smoke and smoke and smoke and smoke until there was nothing left. And it was just pure insanity. 
mean, I look back at those days and I'm like, I'm surprised that I still have lungs because, I mean, we used to smoke so much. And, you know, and it was crazy because I literally quit cold turkey. As soon as I found out that my daughter, my oldest daughter's mom was pregnant with her, I stopped doing drugs. I stopped smoking pot, everything in one shot. Soon as I found out, it was like an awakening for me. And I said, okay, I'm not doing anything ever again. And I stopped cold turkey, never went back, never smoked again until like, what? 10 years later, I think I had two puffs off of a joint one night with a friend of mine at my, my apartment. And, uh, that was it. And then I didn't touch it again until I had this piece of nerd rope. And this was like 2018, I want to say. And, uh, and then in February of last year, I was in Dallas and I was actually there for a photo shoot and photo shoots and video, um, a video shoot for the company, one of the companies that I work with. And we got together the second night that we were there to go to Top Golf and hang out. And one of the athletes had flown in from California and actually had a pen with THC in it. And he was like, try it. It's not the same as weed. Like it doesn't feel the same. You'll, it's a cleaner high. And I was like, all right. So I took one puff off the pen and it was actually okay. I was able to deal with that. And was, I did have a, you know, a nice even high. I didn't have anything to drink. I think I might have had one beer while we were actually um, shooting, uh, you know, playing golf and whatnot. But that was it. You know, I, I enjoyed it. It was fine. I, and after that, but again, after that, nothing. And I stick to my beers once in a while and I have no desire. I have no desire to be in, to not be in control of myself. And that's, you know, especially when you have kids and it's not so bad now when they're all here. But especially like when my daughter's away at college and stuff like that, you know, there's been times where she's called me. And it's one o'clock in the morning and she's on the side of the road with a flat tire. I don't want to be that drunken dad that can't go get her or can't go help her because I'm wasted, passed out in bed, you know, and that's so there's a lot of things that I put as priorities and that are more important to me than being drunk, being high, you know, anything like that. So I'm not a fan, you know, and, I, you know, and I don't have anything against you guys. I mean, if you don't have responsibilities or if you have glaucoma or you have anxiety or you have depression or you have whatever, you know, goes along with a lot of the things that marijuana cures. Hey, I'm all for it. I'm all for people, you know, using it as a, as a means of, uh, you know, of, of self-medication and, or, you know, using it as a, as a true form of medication. So I'm not going to talk any crap about it. It's just not, you know, 420 to me is a day to drink some beers. <laughs> so I'm going to finish this ever haze. And I'm going to crack open beer number two here. I have a one of my last two Tranquilo E-Tropical 2.0s from, and this is a, what the hell am I doing? Two zippers. So, oh, there it is. So, this is Tranquilo E-Tropical 2.0. This is one of the two that I have left. This is a fruited sour from Trippin' Animals. And Jay Wakefield. Um, this is a phenomenal, phenomenal beer. Essentially a strawberry sour um, with some a few other flavors and some other things in here. But it is a an absolutely phenomenal beer. And I'll read it to you right now. This has Lulo, which for those of you that don't know, is like a, almost like a lime. And then mango, strawberry, and lactose. So... The hero of this beer, though, 
truthfully, are the, is the strawberry and the lulo. You don't get a lot of mango. It's a little more on the strawberry heavy side. And it is absolutely fantastic. I'm just a huge fan of these two breweries and this beer all together. And I'm going to snap a pick real quick. And uh, then we'll get back to the show. So I actually did just, I was lucky enough now just to pick up that uh, M1 that I was telling you guys about. It's a distressed M1 from Malini Mob. It's actually an old one, which is pretty badass. Something that is no longer available. And I am thrilled that I had a chance to get it. And it's actually going to be coming with a matching bead for... Which is, an, and when I say matching bead, I mean a bead identical to the the piece itself. So they're both distressed, so they look identical, which is pretty cool. So let's take a swig of this bad boy. I'm using my. Oh, that's so good, man. And the crazy part is, is this is. I wish you guys could taste this. I mean, I mean, the flavor, I don't even have, the can doesn't even have a date on it. But I, I guarantee you I've had this since, like, the beginning of quarantine. Because these released, like, the first week of quarantine. And I bought, like, four four-packs. Because I knew that this was going to be one of my favorites. Because I had had the first one and liked it. Mm. I mean... The strawberry is just killer, dude. Like it. I mean, you know, if you if you know a lot about sours, when it comes to like fruited sours like this, the flavors tend to fade over time. So I'm gonna say that these are probably a month and a half old, and it's just getting better with age. And I find that a lot of tripping animal sours are like that. Like I didn't like. The, um, so good. I didn't like their, uh, <clears throat> they did a Halloween sour that a lot of people kept calling a bandito because they put, um, they put the bandito corpse on the front of the beer, but it was actually called Return of the Tripping Dead. And, um, and it was, I'll tell you right now. Return of the Tripping. Here we go. This one, it was cherry, coconut, almonds, and vanilla. And it was, when I first had it, it just was, it was green. It was like all cherry. There were like no other flavors. And, you know, almonds in beer can have a little bit of a cherry flavor as well. But they can also have a savoriness like a pistachio, which is in the uh, ultimate trip which I have one of those in the fridge as well and um that kind of cuts the bitterness and the sweetness and gives it a little bit of a savory um flavor profile on you know at one point or another and it didn't really have that in the beginning but I left one and I, I bought a late four pack that had been they had some left over and I bought a late four pack it was like a month old brought it back to the house and then sat in my fridge for like another probably 10 days and when I cracked open one of those that was probably a month and a half old, it had, like, the beer had just, like, rebirthed. It was absolutely fantastic. I mean, so much so that if I had the opportunity to buy an old 
can or four pack of it now, I would, and I'd be all over it. It was just, I mean, absolutely incredible. It was probably one of my favorite sours behind my Skittle um, that they did. And then the same thing kind of happened with, uh, what was the other one? The same, a similar thing kind of happened with, uh, shit, I can't remember the other one. There was another one that had a similar situation where I went back and it was like a month later and they had so they still had some cans left in the fridge. And when I tried it after that, it had kind of like just come into its own. Oh, it was Drooling Dragon. And when I first had it, when it was fresh at the brewery, I didn't buy any because I had it from the tap and it tastes like corn. And I forget what the ingredient is or how they process certain um, ingredients when it comes to fermenting beer. But there's something that you can overdo that that will inherently give any beer. It could be an IPA. It could be a stout. It doesn't matter. It'll give them the like an overwhelming flavor characteristic of like cream corn. And it was bad. I mean, I did not like it at all. Nobody said anything about it though. A lot of people were like, oh, it's fire. It's this, it's that. And I was like, either they don't know what they're talking about or they're just happy that it's like sweet and doesn't taste like beer because it was a sour. But after that thing sat for about a month, month and a half, it got way better. And that's when you really notice the mango and the passion fruit. And it just really became a very good beer after it had some time to rest a little bit and kind of come into its own so it was absolutely fantastic but this tranquilo tropical 2.0 from tripping animals and jay wakefield is just stellar so good and it's a this one's a 6.6.0 abv so it's light on the light side and i want to say i believe i rated this thing like a 4.75 out of 5 on untapped it might even have been a 5.0 um, I don't think so. I think I rated it a 4.75. But, I mean, and yeah, look, like, the Return of the Tripping Dead, when I first rated it, I rated it a 4.25, which is the one that I was telling you about before that was their their Halloween beer. And then when I went back after the fact, I was like, damn, I need to change that. And I just never re-reviewed it. Because I'm not one of those people that does multiple reviews. I review something once and that's it. I don't, you know, I don't go back and re I don't put in every beer that I drink. I only put in new beers. And it's probably something stupid, but that's just the way I treat untapped. So if I put every beer that I drank on untapped, then I would be at like 5,000 beers by now. Um, Because I was actually up to 5,000 new beers on untapped before my profile was wiped out and I had to start all over again. So I think we've talked about that before in the past as well. So um, I definitely miss having people on the show. I feel like I've had like guests over the last few weeks. So I want to put some feelers out there to some people in the craft brewer community. If you want to come on the show, you would like to be a part of it, please guys reach out to me via DM. Let me know you want to come on as a guest for the show. I'd be more than happy to have you. Um, we are probably going on about an hour now. Yeah. So we were, we're about 45, 50 minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and call it quits for today. Um, I hope you guys are safe, happy, and healthy. Take care of your families. Be good out there. You know, uh, and let's let's get this country back open, man. Let's kick the economy back in high gear. Let's kick some serious ass. And what I mean by that is let's do it safely. Let's make sure we're following the guidelines that, the, that our local government is setting in place. Make sure that we're listening to those that make appropriate decisions and don't try to infringe on our constitutional rights. And uh, let's follow these steps and get through the gate and phase it out until things are back to normal and we're able to kick ass again. So 
I appreciate you guys, and I really hope that I get to meet some of you out at GABF in Denver in September. If it doesn't happen, hey, maybe next year, but this is episode 51 of Calling All Craft Beer. Later. Thank you.